0: three two one 2, 1, from down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious! The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Buzzardry. It is very good to be back with you, rolling into week three of the young football season. Southern Miss a 30-7 loss to Miami. We will break it down. We'll talk a little Northwestern State and look around a fun weekend in the Sun Belt. Look ahead of what is to come this week. My name is Ben Milam, and I'm here with my partner, as always, Patrick McGee. Pat, how are you doing? Doing all right on this uh, Monday evening. We've got uh, plenty to talk about, and, y- you know, there was a little bit of back and forth about what maybe to expect coming into this week, and or I guess I should say last week, with particularly the quarterback situation. I think that was the primary concern for everyone. Uh, we'll get that, into that in a little further detail, but just first initial thoughts on this Miami game.
1: Yeah, well, it was a um, it was a competitive game for about a half, and then you, you just kind of saw that roster for Miami, um, you know, the, the roster advantage they have kick in there in the second half. But yeah, um, I think we'll talk about the quarterback battle. I think that got a lot more interesting after a pretty solid performance by Wilkins. We'll get into that more, but not a perfect performance, but certainly considering he's a true freshman in his first start, I thought he uh, performed pretty admirably. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, in that, you you know, that second half, uh, Miami, you just, you got into some bad situations. You consistently got behind. I mean, I tallied up nine negative plays, uh, and that that includes one penalty on early downs there in the second half. So you just were never really, uh, in position to, uh, really move the ball a ton in that second half. And on the other side, Miami, uh, they were kind of consistently rattling off uh, big chunk plays. Yep especially in the running game, I felt like. And they did have a couple pass plays as well, that flea flicker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just seems like you're kind of wearing down there. Um, in the second half, which, you know, you kind of expected playing a team like Miami, top 15 opponent. They got, you know, whatever it was, 50 blue chips on the team. Right. Very talented team. Most talented team you'll play this year. Uh, so, yeah, it was um, certainly fun for about a half or close to a half. I guess Miami took that lead there toward the end of the first half. But, um yeah some positives and uh you can take um some negatives of course uh like you would take from you know any loss but um yeah that's just kind of how I saw it
0: well yeah you you so look at this first half you mentioned those positives I think the majority of the positives came from this first half and, and maybe wore down a little bit like you said just never really found a rhythm offensively in the second half and strung together a few drives but um yeah, some momentum-killing plays here and there that that disallowed that. Of course, you had the turnover in the end zone on the fade throw to Brownlee, which I, I thought maybe could have drawn a flag. Uh, I think there was an argument that way. But regardless, you don't don't score in the second half. But, I mean, you, you really did go toe-to-toe for 30 minutes, I thought, in that first half. And a big part of that was you were able to sustain uh, some lengthy drives. And that was... That was without really being able to run the football at all. big part of that was Zach Wilkie. I thought he had some happy feet a little bit, which is to be expected for a true freshman in his first start. It it reminded me of Nick Mullins when he got his first action. Um, But all in all, I think, you know, given, given his youth and the fact that this was, you know, this was his first taste of of in game action in collegiate football. I thought he was really, really impressive. You mentioned threw for over two hundred yards, sixteen for twenty seven, a TD, and uh, that interception that I mentioned earlier. I, I thought it was pretty encouraged the way that he came out and played, particularly in that first half.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you saw, I mean, I guess the highlight that was that big play, Uh Bradley play action pass, and Bradley beats the guy and he makes a nice catch. But yeah, I mean, he he was able to. You just kind of watching him, he went. He hit his second progression. Um, He, I mean, he had, or I guess just kind of, he had two plays, but back-to-back plays during the second half where he was able to create out of structure a little bit, where the pocket broke down. He was able to make a nice throw um, on the run. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a couple, I mean, he had one turn, or like you said, one interception. I thought he had a couple uh, turnover-worthy throws. Oh, yeah. As they would say. I think probably maybe four of those, which you expect in a true freshman, especially, you know, one that's, you know, like you're saying, first start playing against a really good opponent. Yep. Um, but, I mean, you saw some things where I think, at, at, at least at this point, he is a solid game manager quarterback at this level. Um, I saw some people talking about, well, maybe he didn't have, you know, the arm strength or something. But, you know, I think he can still add on to that. He's still – I guess he'd be 18 or 19 now. Um, so, he's a guy he, – he threw an accurate ball, uh, went through the progressions well, I thought. Um. So, yeah, I, th- I think you really saw some things where I th- if I were the coaching staff, I think he has earned another start, um, in my opinion, and, and that people will, you know, disagree. Because I, I still think Keys probably has the higher upside just based on the uh, just the arm and just kind of the athleticism. Uh, but, yeah, I just, and I just kind of felt like, especially um, early on, just the way they called the game, it felt like they had more confidence in Wilkie to throw the ball than they did Keys just because it felt like you're throwing the ball more early, and whereas Keys, it felt like you're really running him a lot there early on in that Liberty game. So yeah, I just think Wilkie uh, accuracy showed accuracy, confidence. Um, I thought he read the uh, the field well at times, um, and yeah, I, I just saw some things that you can build on uh, for the rest of the season, and then you know into the rest of this non-conference slate.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's important. I mean, obviously against a really, really good defense. But in that second half, I mean, there was there was a reason for the inability to really create momentum because I think your offensive line got worn down a little bit with the, the athleticism and the size that Miami brought at you. I, I think three sacks in the second half, if my count is correct. And, and that's that's pressure that, that Wilkie has not seen, um, and, and, you know, and especially running a, a complex offense like that. Uh, and so it was... It was impressive, I think, what he was able to do. Like you mentioned, some of those broken plays that he was able to get something out of, and he's able to do some things with his legs as well. I mean, yes. he is, he is not an immobile quarterback. He is he's a good athlete. I think he showed that. Um, I think the coaching staff showed some confidence in that with with some design quarterback runs, um, and that will, the fact that that will remain a part of the offense even with with Wilkie at quarterback and and no tie keys. And that's, that sort of brings it up, uh, you know, that question that's going to be asked over and over again this week that you posed, do you th- – and this is, again, assuming Ty Keys would be healthy this weekend or whenever he is available, back to 100%. When Ty Keys is healthy, say it is this weekend. You think that Zach Wilkie d- earns another start. I think maybe the other side of that is that Ty Keys really has not gotten an opportunity uh, to really see what he can do and open up the offense. But then, you know, that first half was a little shaky at times. And, I mean, I think the issue for the coaching staff and and for this conversation is that none of these quarterbacks have really made it obvious that they should be the starting quarterback.
1: Right. And then with the opponent this week, I mean, you would think whoever is the starter would – you know, be in a position to have mm-hmm. uh, good success and some good numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just felt like Wilkie, the offense, it looked, it just seemed like they, it just was uh, smoother and they, I mean, it just kind of moved the, um, even though you only scored seven points, I mean, a lot of that was, um, like you're talking about in the second half, I mean, you, you couldn't run the ball at all. So, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you had situations where you were running and then you got yourself into negative situations or negative yardage, which puts you behind schedule in terms of just second down and, in the third down where you couldn't move the ball, and that some of that was not necessarily. I mean, just, yeah, like you said, a lot of that was not Wilkie's fault necessarily. Sure. Right. Um, and then some sacks that got you behind, uh, some penalties. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a – I don't think they do it, but, I mean, maybe, you know, you throw them in or alternate halves, you know, Wilkie first half and Keys uh, second half and see how you go from there, and then you make a decision for Tulane. Uh, it, just, it just felt like the offense was clicking a little bit more um, with Wilkie, um, at quarterback, uh, versus Miami, versus what Keyes showed against Liberty, but, you know, very small sample size for, I mean, for both, but especially for Keyes, yeah. uh, having only thrown, I guess it was, you know, six or maybe eight passes against Liberty and right. not even a full half. So, yeah, but n- neither has, you know, fully established that they are the guy or, you know, moved that much farther ahead than the other guy. So, yeah, it's still very much a battle. Sure. And, uh, yeah, this game made it, you know, more interesting because you did see that first uh, taste of Zach Wilkie, and
0: he, you know, showed some good things. This episode will be released on Tuesday the 12th, Tuesday the 13th, excuse me, and uh, on the day of this release, Coach Hall will have had his post-practice presser, so likely a little bit more clarity on on some of the intricacies of this quarterback battle if there is a quarterback battle. I thought it was interesting too. coach hall said, and I think Zach Wilkie touched on it too, a little bit in the post game was the fact that Miami does not show a lot, uh, as far as complexity defensively and the fact that they had Texas A&M this weekend, this following weekend, they thought maybe that would uh, allow. And I think coach Hall was, was talking about this when they, when asked why Zach Wilkie was at quarterback for the whole game and we didn't see the super back was because he was going to, to be able to do a little bit more, even though, you know, the athleticism and the talent was at at a higher level, um, you were gonna be able to do a few more things offensively than than maybe opposed to a Liberty, uh, which, you know, you saw maybe some more multiple looks uh for Ty Keys. So you can you can play the what if game all 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 day long. Uh it, it's it's gonna be a question of who who takes advantage of the opportunity when they get it? And I don't know that either guys have really, like we said, gotten a full, a full taste of of the opportunity. It it matters if if Ty Tykes is is healthy this weekend. I think, I think you you know if Tykes is not healthy this weekend, Zach Wilkie plays a full game and he he shows you a lot more. You're able to do more offensively, and there's real progression there, and he he's you know shows more confidence than I, I think. You know, he, he has the ability to to earn more of a say in this in this quarterback battle, uh, but it'll it'll sort of be up more up in the air, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. If if Tykes is available, um, so we will we'll keep an eye on on the uh, post practice presser. I will be there for practice in the morning. We're not able to run the ball at all, uh, and right. that was that was you know I, I think part of why it was a little bit more impressive that Zach Wilkie was able to throw for over 200 yards against a really athletic, really talented defense without really the threat of running the ball at all. Does that concern you one way or the other that you weren't able to get much of anything going on the ground?
1: Uh, Not necessarily. I mean, it's just kind of interesting because I felt like, I mean, I guess there were three sacks, but I mean, I felt like the the pass protection was better than the, the run blocking for the most part, and that was kind of the opposite of what we were thinking coming into the year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think you're not going to face a front like that the rest of the year. You're not going to have, you know, four-star four, four star guys, um, you know, one Texas State or ULM or whoever. So I think you're going to be able to run the ball more effectively, um, or that's, you know, the the thinking um, as the season goes on and you get into league play. Mm-hmm uh but yeah I mean it was you you mean you kind of put the whole offense on Wilkie's back which we kind of thought would it happened just cuz that was um I mean just last week they said that you know the reason they didn't turn to Wilkie in that Liberty game was because they just didn't feel like he was quite ready yet yeah uh, to have that um all that on him and um yeah I think that's what we were kind of thinking was going to happen against Miami where you're just going to have some super back to kind of relieve Wilkie a little bit and yeah I don't yeah the super back it was not run a single did not run a single play out of that um no. You know, Super Bowl Wildcat offense. Uh, So I thought that that was interesting. Um, And yeah, and to your point, I mean, yeah, Miami, they were basically counting on their running that base defense and not really throwing anything exotic at you because, yeah, they were banking on that they would just be able to out talent, um, you know, USM and they weren't going to have to throw anything crazy. So that that was, um, you know, a benefit. Uh, to Wilkie, whereas yeah, I mean, let's say you get started, it's two lane. Two lane may throw out some more, sure. you know, complicated looks at them. Sure, uh, the Miami, uh, what have. But yeah, it's just yeah, the quarterback battle. Yeah, so competition Tuesday. I don't. I guess the Def Tart play comes out on um Wednesday. Wednesday but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you will, like you said, you get a better idea of that. Yeah. Um. After tomorrow, so yeah, it, it, at the very least, you have um. I think um. Wilkie at least gives you a solid floor, mm-hmm. um. At this point, my true freshman continues to grow. And, uh, yeah, I, just feel, I think you feel better about the quarterback position um, than you did last week because you just didn't know anything about Wilkie at uh, this point last week. And now that he yeah. sho- what he showed you so far, uh, at least looks like he's a pretty good game manager at this point in his career. Maybe a little bit more than that. So um,
0: we'll see. But I think, yeah, solid floor for him with, uh, you know, room to grow. I think it's important to point out as well, how good the defense was in that in that first half and good in spots as well in the in the second half you got gashed a little bit on the ground but again that's that's Miami's game that is what they are are built to do that's Cristobal's expertise that is his philosophy and they were really able to 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 kind of hammer that in the second half uh the Parish kid Ole Miss transfer was was really good at Ole Miss and is going to be really good at Miami too just just a really tough back and it is not just him in the backfield uh, but i think i think overall i think you're impressed with what you saw from the defense uh, and i think if you are kind of taking a flyover look at this game uh, is is what i think the general sentiment was at least from what i saw on social media and and in conversations with people is that i think you maybe took a step forward in this game or at least i think the concern going into this game was that you had to show a baseline level of, of competency, and particularly offensively. I, mm-hmm. think, I think we knew the defense was going to be fine. But the fact that you competed for 30 minutes against Miami and I think cleaned up a few things that you saw against Liberty, I think, you know, yes, you were 0-2, but I think, I think overall you are probably feeling a little bit better about this team than you were after that Liberty game. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of go back to what I was saying. Like, you, you showed, at least with Wilkie, a semblance of a passing game that, you know, you didn't really show um, against uh, Liberty. So, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of said that, like, if you lose, I think the number I throw up was like 45-17, and, you know, Wilkie threw for about 200 yards, which is what he did in this game, 207, uh, you would feel encouraged. So, yeah, I think you really did see some encouraging things. And, um, yeah, I mean, just the big thing in the second half were those negative plays, um, sure. and, you know, just kind of blowing up plays in Miami. Uh, did a good job on uh, defensive bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you you take some positives out of uh, Miami and then you go to Northwestern State. We'll get into them. But, you know, you think you're going to win that by a lot. Uh, so it really gets into, you know, Tulane is the barometer to see how much you've improved mm-hmm. from that uh, first game against Liberty. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what everybody's looking at in terms of just the quarterback who you can throw in there um, against Tulane um, at QB because, you know, you don't want to have a two – QB system going by then you want to have a you want to have a guy um you know that's established themselves but yeah I mean with Northwestern State I don't know if you'll have that opportunity just because of the up the level of the competition mm-hmm. so yeah I mean quarterback still a question you feel a little bit better because you've seen Wilkie and he's you know shown you something decent I would say for a true freshman and uh but yeah I mean you're still kind of anxious to see if Keys is uh better than what he showed against Liberty so yeah still some questions with the passing game. Um, Offensive line, I guess, Um, a little bit of, you know, still a question mark just because, um, you know, the, I guess the, the run blocking wasn't great against Miami, but, you know, you mm-hmm. factor in, the, you know, just kind of great right on a the curve there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, still some of the questions we had at the beginning of the year, but you're starting sure. to put some of the pieces together on this team and kind of seeing what they're about, I mm-hmm. feel like.
0: Well, the next game, unless you have anything else on Miami –
1: I think that is. I guess just personnel. I, I always look at the personnel numbers, yeah. uh, 11 personnel. So, this one running back, one tight end. I saw 37 of the 50. Oh, USM only ran 50 plays. Um, and, you know, a lot of that's kind of just slowing the game down um, when you're out man like this. And, you know, Hall did the same thing last year uh, with the super back at UTSA and Blot uh, Tech, I guess, toward the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you ran 34 seconds of play. Um, did I, did I just did I just say that again? I don't know. But yeah, anyways, she moved at a very slow pace. Mm-hmm. That was uh, what I was trying to say. But yeah, oh, that was just someone to point out. But then uh, they they ran some five wide with uh with Gore out there. In fact, Gore actually made her a uh, a catch out of there, lining up wide. Yeah. Uh Kind of reminded me a little bit of an Alvin Kamara, uh, Saints type concept. So they did some interesting things, and I thought Hall, um, you know got the ball to his playmakers at times, especially Caston, who was somebody he, he had talked up and he yeah. was just you know getting him the ball in easy ways I mean a jet sweep which i mean ended up losing a yard or two but then they were kind of a quick uh i guess pass out to cat or yeah the the um jet sweep and then he had another kind of quick screen type pass uh, to Caston. so yeah you know, hall is trying to get uh, the ball out of the uh, hand of his playmaker so I like that and i thought I thought hall called a pretty good game overall i guess the the one thing that um that I was kind of angry about was that decision in the first drive, of the um, the first drive of the third quarter or uh, fourth and one, a punt I just felt like when you're that big of an underdog and, you know, we, you, we talked about you, you couldn't run the ball. So, I mean, I get, he doesn't trust his offensive line there probably, but I don't know. I, I would have gone, I would have tried a, a QB sneak or use one of those. I mean, he had run a, It was a 21 person, but it was a three or um, it's a wing T may as well been, um, Thirteen personnel uh, type or um, thirty-one, where you had you know three running backs that you get a, a yard or two on there. He had done that with earlier in the game with Gore on a third and one. I just felt like maybe you try that on fourth and one uh, when you're a big underdog. I don't think that would have made a difference in the game. I just think the way Miami kind of imposed their will there in the second half. Uh, but yeah, I would have uh, I would have liked to see him go go for it there on fourth down. But I don't think it would have swung the game.
0: Sure. Well, uh, as I was saying, I think this this Northwestern State game comes at a really good time for you because, like you said, there are there are still questions to be answered. I think you have shown improvement. I think you have answered some of those questions, uh, maybe not totally, uh, because there are still, uh, like you said, some some things up in the air. So, still some things to be proved. But this is a game where y- you are maybe able to get your feet under you a little bit. You're able to show more offensively, uh, get some reps in for your young guys, both at quarterback and otherwise. We've, we've actually seen the two freshman tackles, Barnes and Riles, yes. in both games now. And so,
1: Riles isn't a freshman, is he? Or is he? Yeah.
0: A redshirt freshman. Redshirt, okay. Yeah. right. Um, and so it, that leads you to believe that might be part of uh, the plan moving forward is to, to be able to shift your pieces a little bit at tackle and give you some other options with... Mm-hmm. Kyron Barnes and Matt Riles and so yeah just this things like that that leaves you an opportunity to to iron some things out and this should be a a, a game that you were able to win even even though you're still ironing those things out by a pretty comfortable margin
1: yeah I mean you look at Northwestern today they're 0-2 and uh, I guess we I think we mentioned on the show last week they lost 47 and nothing at Montana which is a good FCS program uh, but then they come back uh, and play in Shreveport, a neutral game there against Grambling. It was forty-seven to twenty-one. I don't even think it was that close. It was forty-one to seven at the half. I think, I'm sure Grambling kind of started playing the backup. So, uh, yeah, I mean they were just had the doors blown off them by a swack opponent. So this is a game you should win going away. I mean you look, they're ninety-six in uh, SMC Plus and FCS, one hundred six in Saragand FCS, and one twelve Massey FCS. And uh, there's no line on the game yet. I would expect maybe closer to Saturday you would see something. I would guess, just based on the computer power ratings, if there is a line, it would be close to 30 points, uh, 30-point favorite uh, USM. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, um, I I was just kind of looking at the roster. Northwestern has some transfers, quarterback from Kansas, I believe. Um, But, yeah, this um, this is a game you should not have an issue with. And if you are you know, any improved at all from last year. This is one you should win going away. Um so yeah, Northwestern State they played one FBS game last year at North Texas. They lost forty eight fourteen. Uh you know, that's a six and six USA team. And uh, it didn't look like Northwestern State's any better than they were um last year. So yeah, this is a game and this is just it'll be good to win. I think the guys they're hungry for a win. Yeah. And uh mm-hmm. I don't I don't really care if you're playing Alabama or uh, You know, the UNO club team, I was just think any win at this point is good. And I think that mm-hmm. is going to happen uh, Saturday. I'm pretty confident in saying that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't don't have a, a whole lot to, to add there. I mean, they were three and eight last year. So really, you know, pretty, pretty below average at the in the at the FCS level a year ago as well. And I think they expect some some improvement uh, did graduate uh Bryce Rivers I think his name was uh fifth year senior quarterback they had last year so they're they've got a lot of young personnel they're still trying to work out and so I yeah anything less than a blowout you're concerned right um any, anything particular outside of the the quarterback situation that you're looking for in this game
1: Uh yeah I mean I guess just kind of the ability to run the ball um I mean you should be able to impose your will on the lines I yeah. feel like um, yeah, and I expect I expect the front seven to have a big day um, just because – I mean, in, in the second half, I mean, they struggled some, but in that first half against Miami, um, they really – I mean, they had, I think, three – four sacks total, three in the first half. That's right. And even people were yeah. commenting like, yeah, wow, well, Miami, uh, they were really having a – or they're going to have a really tough time against A&M. That was before A&M uh, didn't look so great themselves. But, um, yeah, I think the front seven, I think the – I'll say they get – Five sacks in this game, okay, and uh, have a big day. So, um, but yeah, just just general improvement across the board, and just general dominance. I think is something that you expect, um, in this game. So,
0: like for it to be clean too, uh, yeah. the, the turnovers, particularly in the red zone, have obviously really hurt you. Uh, but penalty wise, I think, I think this is the point in the season. Uh, you know, obviously still early, but like you said, ahead of a uh, big matchup with Tulane to round out the non-conference schedule and moving towards conference play you want to see a lot of these things cleaned up and i think a game like this affords you to be able to to really hone in on on, on things like that um, that is all i have on northwestern state you have anything else you want to talk about there
1: yeah i don't think there's much to say i think this is hopefully a non-script win yeah
0: hopefully so <laughs> it's going to be a long episode next week if not uh some schedule news pat that we need to talk about yeah so
1: um and we had kind of or I guess expected that this would happen eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, home and home with Louisiana Tech in, uh 2025, uh, in Ruston, 2026, in Hattiesburg. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was just, you had to replace those Sunbelt uh, non-conference uh, opponents with somebody in La Tech. Obviously made a ton of sense. Uh, history there, mm-hmm. regionality, which McLean has always emphasized, and scheduling. Uh, and you know, you hate to admit it, but they've been a good program for the most part. They were not good last year. Oh, uh, but they've been a consistent bowl team for close to a decade now. Yeah. Uh so it's a quality program to schedule. And uh yeah, I mean it's just not much to say than that. Um twenty twenty five now you've scheduled uh uh two games in twenty twenty five, I guess that'd be yeah, a lot of tech on the road and stayed at home, so you still gotta find uh a buy game on the road and a buy game at home. But those are usually the easiest kind of games to schedule, because uh, 'cause you're just scheduling one game and not a series. And then twenty twenty six now. You've almost got the complete uh, non-conference schedule you have. Um, now you have a lot tech at home, and then you have Auburn and Tulane on the road. You just got to schedule an FCS game at home, so that uh, should not be that difficult. 2024, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. They still need two more games, and they've already scheduled uh, the bye game on the road with Ohio State, a bye game at home with uh, Southeastern. So you got to find two more opponents. I don't know what they're going to do there. I think most teams are uh, booked at this point. So they may, I mean, maybe they'll have to schedule like an independent, like an Army. Uh, I think that'd be a good series, playing Army. Um uh, so I don't know. I, I, I thought I saw that they might have had an opening, but it's very possible that they already have those spots in 2024 field. They're just waiting the you know the ink to dry, oh, sure, and yeah. Announce it, but um, yeah, I think this was expected. In fact, McLean had hinted that this was going to um, happen at uh, that mm-hmm. uh, EDP luncheon from a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, yeah, I just think uh, a good a good series and uh, one that was uh, um, you, know, you thought was going to happen really when you left the sun about that this uh, series would continue or w- once you left the conference, you said that this yeah. series would continue.
0: Yeah, it just makes it makes a ton of sense, and we have we've talked about the vi- the value of, of of rivalries and familiarity of opponent, and you obviously get that in conference now, but adding in series like Latex, I think I think um, adds to that, and we'll continue to to build that with schools like Latex. So I I like to see Bulldogs on the schedule. All right feel like an SBC chant is appropriate here, Pat. Yes. Uh, insert SBC chant. A really great week. I don't think we need to tell anybody. It was all over the place. Uh, a really loud weekend for the fun belt. Pat, let's look at this, some of these results. Yeah, so, I mean, just before we get into it, mean, it was really a, a banner week
1: and just a kind of week where the sun belt was kind of on the the front of uh, any kind of college football uh, media, just kind of. Yeah. Um, everybody was talking about the Sun Belt and how it's uh, – if it hadn't already arrived, then it definitely arrived this week. Um, but, yeah, just uh, in order, uh, Ohio State – or Arkansas State loses at Ohio State 45-12. to uh, Georgia State lost 35-28 to North Carolina. That was kind of a back-and-forth game where North Carolina got off to a bigger lane, Georgia State. Uh, came close, but um, ended up falling by seven there in Atlanta. Uh, South Al went uh, on the road and beat Central Michigan 38-24, yeah. and that was uh, probably not even that close. I think South Al had got off, mm-hmm. gotten a, a pretty big margin. Central Michigan scored a couple times late. So South Al, in the efficiency metrics, I believe they were maybe top 20 just in raw efficiency. So they've been very good early on.
0: Yeah, that that second-place preseason poll we thought looked yeah. kind of weird doesn't look so bad right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they've been arguably the – uh, most impressive team in the West Division through two weeks. but And then, yeah, so one, one of the three upsets, uh, Marshall goes to South Bend, uh, beats Notre Dame 26 to 21. And, yeah, I mean, anytime you go on the road um, and beat Notre Dame and South Bend, I mean, that's a program defining, program shifting win. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, especially added, they to a top 10 team. And it basically eliminates Notre Dame from any kind of playoff contention oh, yes. if uh, they even had a shot at that. But, yeah. Very, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe the biggest win in the history of Marshall football. I know they had beaten uh, top ten Kansas State in the early uh, 2000s when they had Darren Sproles and they were really rolling there. But, yeah, great win for Marshall's program, great one for the for the league. And then another great win for um, App State, great win for the league there. They go to um, College Station and uh, beat them 17-14. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, just kind of those with the two big ones, and then we'll get into the other one. But, yeah, I mean – any time – I mean, I can't remember the last time any group of five league had two wins over uh, top ten opponents on the same day. Right. And, then, yeah, a couple hours apart. So, um, yeah, that was that was huge uh, there. Uh, and then, yeah, JMU beats uh, Norfolk State sixty thirty seven. ODU ODU, uh, a little disappointing. lost thirty nine twenty one 21 at ECU. I think ECU's getting um, – I mean, I think they're a lot better than they were a couple of years ago. But you, you kind of would have hoped ODU would have been a little more competitive. Uh, still struggled against Gardner-Webb, but they did win 31-27. Uh, Troy struggled a little bit against Alabama AM, and m which had lost 59-0 uh, to um, UAB. Um, but they ended up winning that. Um, uh, ULL, they were scuffling a little bit early on. Then there was a delay toward the end of the first half, and they really picked it up there in the second half, won 49-21 over Eastern Michigan. Uh, Texas State, uh, good to see them win 41-12 over FIU. Anytime you beat CUSA, uh, that's nice. And then, yeah, so the third upset of the day, Georgia Southern goes to Lincoln, uh, beats Nebraska forty-five to forty-two, and that yeah you know, ended up getting Scott Frost fired. And uh, I mean, really impressive for Georgia Southern when you factor in they've transitioning from that option-based yeah. offense to a you know traditional spread, and that's you know known to be really difficult. I mean, just look at Georgia Tech; they've been ever since they've gotten away with the triple option, they've been you know one of the worst teams. Um, I maybe the worst team in the ACC. Uh, so yeah, Georgia Southern, Clay Hilton. You know, a lot of people were not so sure about that hire, but he, you know, goes to Lincoln. Sure. Even if it's not a great Nebraska team, you know, anytime you go to Lincoln, a win that's a nice, nice win uh, for your program. And then, uh, yeah, ULM beats Nichols thirty-five-seven. So yeah, the three big wins. And yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of articles on the Sun Belt talking about the Sun Belt. So it's just kind of great publicity, yeah, uh, for the league. And I was running the numbers. Um, earlier today, and uh, just based on the realignment, uh, so ju- subtracting um, the three AAC schools that are going to the Big 12 and then adding the six and CSA that are joining. And Sunbelt has, if you know, use the current alignment and based on the FPI that's right now, you, Sunbelt would have the um, highest um, rating out of the group of five conferences post realignment. So, yeah, you know, we've kind of talked about is the Sunbelt the best group of five conference? Well, you know, right now it looks like um, it is, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you. Certainly saw that with those three big wins, um, by um, App uh, Marshall and Georgia Southern. So yeah, just uh, you we talked about the potential of the Sun Belt, and uh, yeah, I mean you just kind of saw that uh, coming to fruition this last week. So great week for the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, a couple of things on this past weekend. First of all, I was I was on the road back from a soccer game, listening to the Georgia Southern game. Uh, Danny Reed, play by play guy for Georgia Southern. And really that whole crew, fantastic. I mean, it was so fun to listen to them, especially in a game like that. Uh, I don't I don't think Danny Reed would listen to, <laughs> have any reason to listen to Buzzardry, but I know we have some Sunbelt people that listen. So, um, yeah, if you ever get a chance to listen to a Georgia Southern game, uh, I highly recommend it. And I think, yeah, the, the other thing, main thing, I guess, on this this past weekend, I think the reason so, there were so many Southern Miss people excited yes it it's you know good publicity for the for the conference, and it sort of reinforces a lot of these positive things that we were talking about uh, that would come with being in the sun Belt competitively on the field, particularly. but I think it 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 gives you some hope of the fact that it it is still possible to be nationally relevant slash competitive on a big stage within the frame of, of the group of five. And you look at an Appalachian state and what coastal Carolina has done the last couple of years. And I think Marshall is, is moving in that trajectory as well. Um, you would, you know, want to see more of that start to happen on the, in the, on the Western side, but yeah, I think it, it gives you hope and it gives you a tangible picture of what that looks like for, uh, a, a program on the level of Southern Miss and, and in your conference, I think is the biggest thing. It's, it shows you that it is still possible and gives you the hope of, of getting back to that or I guess maybe you know within this, this modern era, what college football looks like now with the transfer portal and NIL and all these things and that will obviously continue to change. But it shows you that it is, it's possible and that is what it looks like. Uh, it, it's possible for a sunbelt program to 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 compete in in college station in south bend against against these five star laden rosters um, I, I think that is that is why it is a big deal and was a big deal for southern miss people because i think i saw a few people saying oh well you know we're you know we shouldn't be excited about this because you know we've won four games or uh, three games in the last two years, two plus years. And, you know, it's just, you know, we're kind of riding the coattails or whatever, but yeah, I think that is the reason it's exciting is it shows you that it's possible. Um And, you know, there's, I don't think there's any reason that, you know, obviously it's, it's difficult to do, but the fact that Appalachian state and Marshall have done it, I, I think it shows you that it is possible at a place like Southern Miss.
1: Yeah, and I think I think really App State is the model that you want to, I mean, that's where you want to be, because you just look at them, they've been winning 10 games, and they've been winning conference yeah. championships left and right, they've been pulling upsets, I mean, they've beaten now A&M, they beat South Carolina a couple years ago, they beat North Carolina a couple years ago, I mean, I, I mean 15 years ago, that was Michigan, but, um, you know, and they've also, they put scares into teams like Tennessee and Penn State, I mean, they really do remind me kind of, of the like kind of late 90s, early 2000s, USM. That's right. So that's, I mean, App State is kind of where you want to get to, is where you're, winning double digit games you're competing or winning the conference title every year and you're beating you know brand programs on the road so um yeah that's um just kind of a program you want to emulate yeah
0: um and look what it's done for their their fan base as well i mean they they routinely sell out quote unquote the rock and you know that i I don't know if you saw that video of the the students meeting the road. oh man um it just it Shows you that it is possible to really engage a fan base, I think, and create real consistent in excitement at the group of five level. Um, yeah, and again, it's kind of um, going around in circles now. But that, that is, that is, uh, that's the equation. That is the model. And this past weekend showed you that it's possible. I mean, Marshall right out of Conference USA uh, is able to, to do that in South Bend. Really, Really encouraging on multiple fronts uh pat you want to look ahead at what is to come in the Sun Belt? there are a couple other opportunities this week
1: yeah there are and i think maybe some
0: chances for uh some more
1: sunbelt wins over power conference teams but yeah texas state at baylor i would say that's probably not one of them yeah. uh baylor top 20 team uh but yeah texas state goes to waco uh coastal host buffalo uh buffalo's been kind of a surging team in the mac um they don't have lance live play more they have um Mo Linguist, although I think he's done a pretty good job there early on. I don't know what ex- his exact record is there. Oh, but yeah, that's another Sunbelt-MAC uh, battle there. ODU goes to Virginia. I think that's an opportunity for the league. ODU has already beaten yeah. uh, Virginia Tech. So, yeah, if they beat UVA, oh, I'd love that That would be Virginia State champs. So, yeah, you that's would right. really like to see that. So, 1 o'clock on ACC Network. And then, again, we talked about South. That's been really impressive. So, they go to UCLA. UCLA, a beatable Pac-12 team, you would think. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how they fare at the Rose Bowl. And that'll be kind of a barometer for where they stand, uh, kind of in the group of five. Just how they do against a team like UCLA, which you would think um, is—I mean, they're clear underdogs, but is a team uh, that they can beat or at least hang with. Uh, they're in Los Angeles, and then uh, so I, and then you start to see league play get underway. And then App State, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Troy at App State—that'll be the uh, college game day yeah. uh, site there. Uh, so yeah, that's. The you that's guess. so cool. Yeah, so I think it's the first time they've ever hosted game day, and I know JMU's hosted game day before, and I'm trying to think if any other teams in the league have. Uh, but, yeah, that's another great, uh, you know, publicity for the league, having a team uh, hosting game day there. Uh, it should be a pretty interesting game, too. I mean, I think App State clearly favored, but um, kind of interesting to see what Troy's like, because uh, I thought they fared okay against Ole Miss, just in that they covered, but then they were kind of sluggish, I thought, didn't win by as much as you think um, against Alabama A&M. So that, that'll be uh wanna keep an eye on there. Uh cross uh, division game. Uh then Georgia Southern goes to UAB. Uh UAB by the way just lost to uh, Liberty. So that's that was right. um at yeah. home.
0: Right. It, is that right? Was at it... Liberty. So, I'm sorry, it was at Liberty. Yes, right.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah that was uh, a little incur- encouraging to see Liberty yeah uh win there. You didn't want them to turn around and lose by thirty. It was like, well maybe we're not as good as uh we think but yeah Liberty did win that against UAB. But yeah, Georgia Southern U A B uh that's a uh you know I guess we'll call it a Sunbelt Belt game. So that's uh, when you want to see George Southern win. That's on Stadium, of course. That's the only. Um, oh boy. ULM goes to Bama. Uh, maybe they can recreate some of that magic from 07. Uh, probably not. But uh, <laughs> uh, Marshall goes to Bowling Green. That's on uh, NFL Network. So, yeah, Bowling Green, uh, this must be kind of one of the weaker teams at FBS there. This kind of a – you don't want a hangover. You, you win a big game, it's not big. You don't want to turn around and lose. Uh, the Bowling Green on the road, uh, Arkansas State at Memphis. Uh, I guess Memphis. Yeah, they're kind of a clear favorite there. Um, but Arkansas State they hung around with Ohio State for a, you know close to a half. Um, so in Memphis, I feel like they're on the decline uh, post Norvell. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Arkansas State will win that, but it'll be um if they can, that'd be a great win for the league. Uh, Charlotte go or Georgia State hosts Charlotte. That's another Sun Belt. Um, AAC game. And uh, Charlotte's really, you know, we talked about it last week, they lost by uh, whatever it was, 17 to William and & Mary. And then they look pretty bad against FAU in the opener as well. So, I would expect Georgia State to win that. And then uh, ULO goes to Rice. And Rice is one and one. I think they just beat McNeese maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's another. Yeah. Several uh, Sunbelt versus uh, AAC mm-hmm. games. So, hopefully Sunbelt yeah. can sweep that. But, yeah, ULL Rice, I would expect um, ULO to handle that. Yep. Um, so that is – I'm trying to say, is anybody off this week? JMU um, um, might be off. JMU is off. Yep, in fact, yep, I saw that yep, on yep. Twitter this morning. So, yeah, that is Sunbelt Week 3.
0: Well, I guess this was a little shorter episode. We are uh, – we did not do Twitter Twitter space mm-hmm. since you were in Miami. Um, we'll try to do do one this next week, um, and we will also try to do a Q&A this next episode. We haven't yeah. done that in a couple of weeks. Pat, anything else before we wrap it up? Kind of a shorter episode a little
1: bit. Uh yeah, I guess last week we didn't I mean we kinda of gone over it a couple of weeks ago, but the basketball schedule was released and um I guess I don't have it in front of me, but um yeah, it was um pretty much what uh we had gone over back in late July, or early August. Yeah. Uh buy games at Vandy, uh Georgia Tech, Liberty, uh Tournament Cancun, um UNLV also right around Christmas. Eh? Yeah. UNLV yep. um, games at home or you got a couple Southland games McNeese Texas A&M Corpus Christi Lamar um, so yeah but, but, I mean it, it's pretty much what we said uh, Kerry is the opener yep. uh, University of Mobiles in there um, so I mean people can just go to southernmiss.com but we just
0: <laughs> wanted to remind people that the basketball schedule is out yeah there you go That is Patrick McGee. My name is Ben Milam. This episode of Buzzardry has been brought to you by BigGoldNation.com, and we certainly hope to have you with us next week. This has been Buzzardry. Thanks for listening. And be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at
1: BuzzardreePod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.